I don't think they're gonna buff anything. Not and that attitude. Al- although buffs are cool and fun, <laughs> I think buffing the Etherbots cards would be such a huge mistake. I think they're at an opportunity where they can finally lock the Etherbots. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Pods Unchained, the Godcast podcast. We talk about Gods Unchained, Gods Unchained, and Gods Unchained. This episode is dedicated to Stack 15 data mining for the community for many, many months. I am the Mudman here with Caution Fun. Caution, how are you going today? I'm doing great, Mudman. Happy to be here. Got a, you know, a lot of news even in the past five, six days since we did the last episode. But uh, yeah, before we get into that, real quick, big shout, Stack 15. Uh, you know, keeping the Council of Mortals organized and in, in order. And uh, yeah, just very much appreciative there. Good call on that. Oh, yeah, so we got a, a stacked episode today. We reviewed cards last week, and you probably thought we were done. But turns out there are a surprising amount of balance changes coming this week that we have got to talk about, as well as a couple of new uh, Band of the Wolf cards as well. Yeah, uh, I guess we should probably start with the Band of the Wolf cards there. Um, you know, we ended up actually going over 36 of the 38 last week, unbeknownst to us. And uh, also, we've since learned what the ally keyword does. So, um, you know, that seems as good a place to start as any. Um, for those uh, who have been living under a rock or missed the one Twitter thread from GU about it. Yes, definitively uh, seeing what ally does is surprisingly difficult. But there <laughs> is a definitive answer, and Caution's about to read it off. That's right. Um, So, what is ally? After you summon a friendly creature that shares a tribe with the ally creature on board, the ally's effect is activated. It only procs during your start of turn and main phases, meaning, you know, the cool zombies that you summon at the end of your turn with, like, Necroceptor or Cursed Obelisk, they don't proc your Ranico Revenant or any other nether ally creature, you know? Yeah, or, like, Isadora, if you don't want to think about zombies. (laughs) That said, it can be activated multiple times per turn, uh, which is something that we were on the fence about last week. But other than that, we pretty much nailed it. Yeah, pretty much our guess was 100% right. Absolutely. Um, that said, now that we know for sure, concrete for sure, does it change your opinion on any of the cards we went over last week? Uh, like not a ton, since we were right? yeah. Yeah, since we were going off the the basis of how it actually works. Yeah. Like, like the the handful of cards that we were like, well, if it's only once per turn, then it's bad. Like, now we know it's not bad. Exactly. Yeah. Like Faith Thornblade comes to mind. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the Amazon there. Yeah. Like that's playable instead of trash, and like you know on. The other side of the coin, things like, uh, you know, Village Vendor. Crazy. They, they go from decent to potentially really, really good. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, past that, past learning exactly what Ally does for us, uh, we also got treated to two new cards that weren't included in the original list on the Gods Unchained website. Yeah, and at least one of them is extremely spicy. Yeah, super polarizing. Uh, controversial, even, some S- might say. Extremely controversial. <laughs> But uh, we'll save that for a second there. First, uh, let's go over the new two-mana deception spell called Dark Deliverance. Dark Deliverance pulls a friendly nether from the board to your hand. If you do, summon a 1-1 Lay Shadow. And a Lay Shadow is also new. That is a one-mana 1-1 nether. With ally, pull another creature from the board 
to its owner's hand, destroy this creature. So, uh, you know, this has a lot going on. Um, like a lot of deception cards, it's got a lot of text, a little big, big brained, you know? It, it's very unique. For sure. Um, yeah, that said, like the gist of it, uh, you know, you play it on a friendly nether, it comes back into your hand, it gets replaced with this 1 1. And if you activate the ally on the 1 mana 1 1, it gets destroyed and you can bounce any creature from the board to its owner's hand. That can be another friendly creature or it can be an opposing uh, an opponent's creature and there's no tribal restriction there. So, um, yeah. yeah. Activating the ally should be really easy, especially if you target your own creature, then you're guaranteed to have another in your hand. Yeah, right, um, right. And if you play it in the right context, for sure. And uh, Deception is definitely not short on you know, cheap nethers. They can make... Some nethers cheap. Like the first card that I thought of when I saw this card was Lantern Bound Fey. Yeah, part of that's good with Lantern Bound Fey. Right. Part of that's probably because I've been looking for Lantern Bound Fey support for you know a while now. Um, I want it to be good. Uh, this card, you know, it definitely works in that context. This card seems really fun. Uh, maybe there's something cool to do there. Maybe there's you know uh, not a new archetype, but a new package that Deception can include in some decks, but. I worry that you'll probably just end up playing this to play extra Demogorgons, right? I think if it sees play at all, it's to get extra Demogorgons. Or with like, their fingers. Or, yeah, or like knockoff demo. But like, I'm, I'm leaning towards this card is, is pretty bad. It seems like standalone, it's extremely bad. It's just it's <laughs> negative tempo. You're taking a creature off your side of the board. Right. Which yeah. is bad, obviously bad. So you have to fit it into the right context for sure. Yeah, and, and, that... like, and Lanternbound Fae is a single legendary. So, like, if you have a, a card that's horrible 90% of the time, unless you have one individual card, which also, like, isn't great standalone. Yeah. Maybe there's some fun to be had with, uh, you know, Forge New Bonds, you know, redu- reducing something's mana cost. Uh, yeah, like, maybe in the, in the future when there's there's more benefit to bouncing stuff, having, like, an easy-to-pull-off bounce effect like that could be good. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, right now it doesn't seem like it's in the cards. Yeah. That kind of makes you wish that they, you know took the opportunity to really build out the hand bounce mechanic instead of giving them more hidden stuff that steals your cards. But um, yeah, I'm happy to see them exploring that dynamic in any capacity, but you're right. You know, this I don't think this card will be, at least as compared to the next one, anywhere as near as consequential or yeah. as controversial. Yeah, this one seems sort of like joked here. <laughs> so we can leave that where it is, and uh, I guess we can move on to the second new card here, new in quotes. Uh, this is a three-mana death spell called Bitter Endings, and this is a mouthful, so uh, strap in. If your god has 15 or less health, add a six or seven-mana death legendary to your hand and set its cost to zero. If you do, at the end of your next turn, take 15 damage. So you need to have 15 or less health to start with. At that point, you can play this card for three mana. You pick a six or seven mana legendary. It's not random, apparently. I for sure thought it was random. Because, you know, they didn't say delve. Nope. So I was like, oh, okay, it must be random you know as are like 99 percent of the other cards that say add a card to your hand right there's also very few scenarios where it's like a picking effect and you're shown like nine options usually right. you're shown like four at most yeah usually only if you're like going through your void or something like that um but yeah certainly not what i was expecting the first time i read it uh but it has been confirmed by cloudy of the design team and um 
Yeah, if your god has 15 or less health, you can play this for 3 mana. You get a 6 or 7 mana death legendary of your choice to your hand and set its cost to 0. And I thought, again, the first time I read this card, I thought it said at the end of your turn, take 15 damage, thinking like, oh, you have to heal the same turn you, you know, play this enormous mana value card. Yeah, or uh, just win immediately. You know, or just win the turn you play it, exactly. But no, it's the end of your next turn. Yeah, so even more wiggle room time. So you're cheating out, like, three or four mana worth of creatures, and you have a whole turn afterwards to win. Like, uh, th this seems, like, way too much. Yeah, it's really good. It's also not, like, normal mana cheat, where it's just, like, on turn five, you can, like, use your mana twice, you know, like something like Packstock. Right. Like, it's allowing you to play, like, a true blue seven mana card on as early as turn three, if you can get low enough. Which is, like, obviously there's a whole bunch of crazy shenanigans you can pull off with this combo. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was, you know... It's funny, because, like, yeah, I think we both got a little lost in the sauce thinking about, you know, what kind of combos and even OTKs can you build out with this amount of mana cheat, especially with something, like, over the line existing. Um, and, yeah, I know, I, like, I went to... I was thinking Anhotep, uh, you know, to same turn reduce the cost of an over the line to zero, um, you take six additional damage, so you would need to uh, you need to be above six but below fifteen, you know. So but the that, window shrinks a bit. That just turns on your service easier. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. So like you know, Anotep, Surus, uh, double Thanatar, right? Like that's you know, it's a lot of damage you can play on six and yeah, uh, and then zero mana over the line. Yeah, and if you're at exactly fifteen or like fourteen or thirteen, even you can play two of these on turn six. Get two Anoteps. And then two over the lines. Drop as well. two over the lines to zero. Yeah. That's thirty-two damage. Yeah, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and then there, there's also, of course, the the much more complex copper pitch combo where you you find a way to get two harvesters, and then you play the new like perseverance card, and then you play Ragnarok, and it does twenty-seven damage. Like, which is also cool, and you can do. Yeah, super fair. And I mean, you know, it's a lot of pieces. Um, you know, and it, it's, you know, it's turn five, turn six, so you need to be able to keep the board clean, but yeah, nothing, but nothing draws and destroys quite like death. So, yeah, like, uh, death, death's like main draw engine revolves around like, uh, canopy quarter, which also puts your opponent to sleep. It's just the perfect thing. Like death has no problem drawing through its deck. Yeah. I mean, I, like, you know, I, I only became aware of this card, you know, less than 48 hours ago. Um, you know, so I, I can't say I've thought too too deeply about it but i know that every time i sit to think about it i feel i just a, a little more nervous every time yeah especially because like uh like the anoteps and like harvesters like those are just like win conditions on their own right like exactly. those are just their own decks but like, you can just sort of play this card like fairly and just pick like the big taket and then she gets a you know a big anubian from your void that has leech and now you're not dying and like you did get to play a seven drop on like turn five yeah <laughs> She was like with with death's ability to heal. Like it's so easy to get more than fifteen health when you start at fifteen health. They're probably the god that can do that the best. Oh yeah. Um, and then like they, they they have so much card draw, so any combo is easy to pull off. It, it seems like this card has to be good. Yeah, and like you don't even have to win the turn you play it. You can afford to wait until the next turn to actually win. So you can play yeah. one of these to set up, and like play another one to set up the next turn. Like who cares? Exactly. It's a. Uh, yeah, I mean this, yeah, and and the new death legendary as well. Like the, the, it seems like the biggest issue is just getting to fifteen or less health, and like there's a new card that eats your own health like nobody's business. 
Gee whiz, yeah. I, I guess, you know, it wouldn't be a new expansion if death didn't get something a little problematic, right? I think it's fine. Here's <laughs> why. I think it's great. Because everyone's, <laughs> everyone's going to play this death deck. And no one's going to play the stupid zombies or Anubians. And this will be way cooler than zombies or Anubians for the first, like, two or three days. And then so you're going to be like, oh, I got double and tapped on turn four again. You're going to be bummed. I don't know if, like, yeah, I don't know. Does this ever beat the new uh, card steal deception, hidden rush deception hybrid decks? Like, probably not. But, like, how long are the deception decks going to last? Yeah, if I they, guess. If they follow the deception trait, as deception comes out, it's the best god by far, and then all the cards get nerfed. That's how, <laughs> that's how it goes for deception. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I'm going to have to think about you know, the whole set together in context a little bit more now that we have all of the information that we need. And, um, yeah, I'm sure I'll come up with a short list pretty quickly of things that I think uh, need a nerf, and I think bitter endings might end up on it. Yeah, probably. But you know what I'm really excited for is when GU Dex puts these new cards on the website, and then I can start experimenting with deck building. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We got some theory crafting to do. But, um... Outside of uh, GU decks adding these cards to the database, uh, now that we know all of the cards, you know, all the effects, uh, what are you most looking forward to from this set? Um, well, I think, like, a, a lot of the cards seem really cool. Fair. Like, uh, I think Deception's the best, but I think <laughs> I'm looking forward to Light possibly the most. Just, oh, that's fair. Yeah, just because Light has been Zoolite since the beginning of time. <laughs> like, they, they've dabbled. Well, they were in, Control Light. Yeah, they've, they've dabbled in Control Light a bit. But, like, this will be the first, like, tempo-oriented deck that has, like, a new win condition where, like, can make a super big creature by making their health equal to their attack, or health attack equal to the health. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, it's, like, a, a fun new archetype. That being said, I do think one of the best new cards, like, gets is that, like, Fallen Legion, the neutral card that, <laughs> like, uh, makes your board really wide because they can definitely get five creatures in the void by turn three. So maybe they just keep being wide. Yeah. Maybe, but like you said, at least there is another option there. I, I tend to agree with you. I'm excited to see a whole a whole new side of light. Yeah, but what about you? What's your favorite domain going into this expansion? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about structures uh, in like a greater context there. Cornet. Um, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I think Cornet is like, the structure. And right. I think that's the only structure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because, you know, like I have, I feel mixed feelings about it because I think I think tribal support is very cool, right? I think structures certainly needed help, but you're right. Like this is probably just going to coalesce around a more, you know, consistent or uh, more flexible coronet deck. Yeah, I would be surprised if like if any structures see more play besides coronet like I, I could see the atama bunnies being in the coronet deck maybe but uh i don't think like a new structure magic deck is made i think we're going to be normal control magic except for instead of like therials or any of the other value things we just have more ways to make coronet <laughs> which like i i think is like is is interesting because it sounds like a fine deck right like a good amount of value it's not going to be op because there's like randomness involved but it's like the the good type of randomness that like people think is fun because, like, you know they're going to have a strong turn when they hit you with the coronet. But, like, there's still variety because it is the random element. I guess that's super fair, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to be more excited about magic, I guess. But I, I think magic's the least creative because we, 
like right now, Control Magic is the best magic archetype, and one of their things is playing Coronet multiple times. Yeah. Now it's just instead of using your clones and portal wranglers and it materializes, you use the new cards, which just do it better. Yeah, like I said, my gut reaction is like, oh, more tribal support. I like that they're leaning into that. If only there were a cooler magic tribe that could use a little bit more support. Ah, well, well, I don't know. Maybe we'll be talking a lot about them shortly. <laughs> Probably teasing the uh, Etherbots balance patch that we will certainly be discussing in just a little bit. Um, that said, I guess before we wrap up, uh, Band of the Wolf stuff... Uh, we have to cover this uh, this crafting situation. Have you have you dove into the spreadsheets? Have you read about this? Have you seen about this? Uh, I've I've seen. I've heard. I've read. <laughs> I've pondered. Yeah, the, on our last podcast, we were not familiar. We did not hear about the crafting things when we were talking about opening cool uh, class legendaries and packs. That's actually impossible. The only way you can get the class legendaries is through the crafting method. Yeah, that's on us. We we thought we thought all the cards would be in the packs. That's that's our bad. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> It's a darn shame, but um, real oversight by us. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, after reading through it, um, I found myself again with mixed feelings. Because yeah, because like I, I'm stoked on the concept. I of right, I love the idea. Right, really cool. in principle, mm-hmm. but the execution seems a little like I don't want to say forced. It leaves but a lot like, to be desired. Over engineered. Like I mean, it seems like you know. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't love the net result in this like you know crazy artificial scarcity, and I, I don't like I love the idea of turning you know less useful cards into more useful cards, but I wish that was used as a mechanism to reduce the supply of like you know the cards that can't be changed, the old cards that nobody wants, you know, give them renewed purpose. Yeah, but this kind of just. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just I feel like it creates like artificial scarcity and artificial demand. Oh, 100%. Um, like yeah. on, on top of the fact that it's only a 4-week set. Exactly. Yeah, a little bit of FOMO sprinkled on top. Uh, though they did say you'd be able to yeah, the crafting will be 6 weeks, the sale will be 4 weeks. Yeah, exactly. It goes on sale uh, March 30th and it'll be yeah, it'll be available in the store for 4 weeks. They might give away packs as like prizes after that window, but you won't be able to purchase them after that. That said, uh, if you have extra cards, you'll be able to craft them for two weeks after the fact. Yeah, which um, will be really big because, once again, like a lot of the best cards you can only get through crafting. Yeah, that first weekend ranked is going to be... The first weekend ranked is going to be super nuts, like especially because like the most important thing to remember about this crafting concept is that it's not automatic. Like when, when you turn your four or five uh, Master of Mills into an Argus, you don't get the Shadow Master of Mills and then poof, Argus is in your wallet. You have to wait until it's like distributed by the team every 24 hours. Yeah. So uh, the set will come out on you know, the day before Weekend Rank starts. For us, it's Thursday. And if you want to have like uh, Gurma or Argus or Regis, Rios, um, <laughs> like you need to like do your crafting like the day of. And if you play on like the first day of the weekend ranked with those legendary cards, you'll be running into a lot of people who don't have it. So it'll give you a pretty good advantage, like if you are really mindful of time. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah, a lot of incentive to uh, load up in the very beginning. Again, I think just you know, and only buy booster FOMO. packs. Don't buy the other packs. Exactly. Yeah, that's one thing I was going to touch on. Yeah, um, we have to. It's super important. <laughs> don't don't go. Oh, shiny packs more expensive must be better. Actually, worse. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, on that note, I would definitely recommend checking out the Professor and 
Mirage 88 took like 20 minutes out of their day to make a wonderful video on the Team Stream Team YouTube page. You can check that out. Um, you know, I, I tend to agree with most everything that they said. They broke down the entire system in detail. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much found myself coming to the same conclusions as them. Uh, only booster packs, only regular booster packs. Yep. Uh, crafting packs, you know, seems like, uh, you know, a, a pushing a boulder up a mountain. Yeah, if and, like, uh, the, the crafting packs could work if this set was available for like a year. Maybe. Right, because like the... If if you if you only buy crafting packs, getting the entire set is borderline impossible. It requires you to make so many diamond commons. Yeah, you're gonna be forging a lot, a crazy amount of diamond commons. Yeah, and I'm glad he brought up the shiny packs because I mean, you know, I, I expected them to make the shiny packs more worth it than past sets have been. Uh, but you know, really, what it comes down to is unless they announce that forging higher tier shines of like the same recipes results in higher shine crafting rewards like instead of five meteorites to make one of these meteorite legendaries uh if you craft five shadows into a gold you'll get a shadow legendary yeah but right? that's what you would expect them to do exactly they, they haven't said that right and a lot of people have asked this question and there's been no clarification so like i'm i'm sort of leaning towards they're not going to do that right which seems nuts but, like, again, if that's the case, if, like, how it's said to be now is the case, you should not buy a shiny pack under any circumstances. Yeah. Like the, the only, like, theoretical value of a shiny pack is that you have a higher chance of getting the two regular legendaries that you can get in packs. <laughs> like, that's, that's the only benefit is the drop rate is significantly higher for them. Right. Like, that being said, a shiny pack will not have meteorite cards, which means they will not help you at all in getting the best legendaries. For sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely... Uh, Pack strategy is going to be, uh, you know, a reasonable amount of booster packs, I think, for me personally. Yep. Yeah, okay, deal. And again, comes out March 30th. Definitely looking forward to it. But um, I'm, ha I'm also happy we don't have to wait until then to get a bit of a uh, meta shake-up, do we? Yeah, we sort of have a, a little baby new expansion coming out for this week. <laughs> kind of, yeah. A very expensive new baby expansion. The remix. Um for sure, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Etherbots, the Etherbots set. Uh, you heard us talk about it two weeks ago when they finally finished the supply distribution. Well, now we are working on, uh, you know, trimming the edges and uh, patching things into place so they can be locked. This Genesis era set is finally getting locked. <laughs> well, uh, you know, hold your horses on that there. Um, that's a over a month. First and foremost, right? I know a lot of people saw a magic missile launcher nerf coming, right? Oh, 100%. But uh, only, only one podcast I know of uh, called, I don't know, maybe a little something else. I'm going to tell you something, my man. I, I think people are looking at this the wrong way. Everybody's asking, uh, ooh, what, ooh what, oh no, what if they nerf, nerf magic missile launcher, you know? But I haven't seen one person ask, what happens when they buff Arcane Sphere? What happens when they buff Arcane Sphere? What happens when they buff Arcane Sphere? Buff Arcane Sphere. Buff Arcane Sphere. Buff Arcane That's that's true. Yeah, you, you did call potential buffs and I, <laughs> totally I was totally called it. And like I was on team why would they buff it? Super uh, fair. Which apparently they did. They chose to buff it and they're choosing to keep the balancing patch or the balancing phase open until April twenty eighth. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, very, uh, very, very interesting, very, very surprising. This goes way beyond just nerfing Magic Missile Launcher, though that is a key part of it. Yeah, there uh, are a lot of changes. Right, so um, what, what do you say? You want to you go through them? Let's dive right in. Awesome. So uh, <laughs> first off, here's, here's, a, here's a softball to get us started. Uh, first up on the list, Protected Demon Bot. This is the most important one. It's now Protected Daemon Bot. Awesome. Moving on, we have Magic Missile Launcher. Mana cost increased from 4 to 5. Huge hit. Huge. So yeah. big. Yeah. Second nerf. This might be the one to finally do it, huh? Yeah, yeah, this one's kind of ruining it. Now you can't play it before Karn Sweep. Exactly. Which is kind of a huge deal. And also, if you play it on turn 5, not a ton of stuff has 3 health anymore. But stuff that you play on turn like 2 and 3, they got 3 health. Yeah, I mean, I see quite a few people getting tunnel vision, saying, like, you know, it still comes down on 5, kills a blade, and then you can Carnage Sweep afterwards. But... There's just so many situations where, like, you have to get that relic down on four and, like, break it on the very next turn. Uh, you know, getting full 14 damage value out of it. Um, this makes that, you know, impossible, obviously. Um, and, you know, much, much harder to coordinate with Carnage Sweep, like you were saying. Uh, yeah. Big, big hit. Yeah, huge hit. It's going to be way harder to control the early board with this coming down a turn later. Yep. And uh, I think that's fine. It's yeah. been uh, yeah. it's been the best at what it does for a long time now, and uh, this makes it worse. Yeah, I think it's super fair for Control War to get nerfed, obviously. Yeah, and uh, especially for a card in such a scarce set. So uh, next up, we have another common Etherbots card in Arcane Sphere. That's one of your favorites. And this is a buff. You know, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of this one. So. Uh, also pretty easy to digest here. Before it had two health, now it has three. For those who don't know, it's now a one mana, one three Atlantean with creatures damaged by this creature get plus four burn. Yeah, and this is, this is a pretty sizable buff. This is huge. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, it's not just plus one health. That At one mana, that's super impactful and, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, like, like, if you think about the creatures that exist on turns like one or two, right. they, they pretty much all have one or two attack. Exactly. So now this can like bump into a Pyramid Warden and burn it and not be dead, and then bump into something else. Maybe, yeah. Or at least demand a God Power, exactly. Yeah. And, um, it's it's know, a pretty big buff for this guy. I know the, our first thought was, you know how before it died to Vanguard Axe Woman and now it doesn't? Yeah, now it doesn't. That's a huge deal. <laughs> Absolutely. All, all one mana cards that died to Vanguard Axe Woman can't be played. <laughs> and now this doesn't. Unless they trade evenly, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, this, exactly. This one health is so, so important. This creature, it, you know, it doesn't need... To value trade it's not even like about yeah. how many times it trades it's just about just how many times it can damage an yeah. opponent exactly. it doesn't really ever value trade it just makes bumps it bumps into things <laughs> and ruins them right so like i you know i would say before the likelihood of this getting like you know on average i would say this probably got less than one hit you yeah. know uh now i would say on average it's probably more than one yeah which or or it eats like a real card like a blight bomb or something yeah yeah, exactly. It brings like an underbrush board down to a 3-1 with burn. Exactly. Yeah, definitely a big change. Definitely uh, looking forward to bringing mine out on the ladder. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have another one-mana card, this time from the Death Domain, Pyrocannon. The one-mana Death Relic has seen its durability increased from 3 to 4. And for those who don't know, uh, at the start of your turn, 
the creature with the most health gets burn plus three. That's right. And this relic loses one durability. So before you'd play it on turn one, and it would be around until the start of your turn four. Now it'll be around until the start of your turn five, which is like, I guess, like, a, you know, definitely better, definitely much better. But um, yeah. It really hinders, you know, your opponent's board development, but it's a death relic, so it has stiff competition. For sure, right? Um, yeah, I've, I've always thought this card was a bit underrated. Um, you know, yeah, going that one extra turn could be... It, it's a strong stall card yeah. when, it, when it works, right? Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It really, like a, like a Zulite opponent hates running into this. For sure. Um, yeah, that said, you know, you make a good point. It doesn't really have a place in death decks. Like, you know, the death it, decks that want to run a relic. It, they doesn't, have... it doesn't make zombies every turn. <laughs> it doesn't ruin how favor works. It doesn't bring back Hippocrate. It doesn't bring back Hippocrate. <laughs> it doesn't make it so when you trade into my creatures, you actually get hurt. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the, the death relics, they cheat. And this one's fair. So yeah, you can't, you can't play it. It's also not around forever. So yeah, so you yeah. can't play it. Fourth place, I guess. I could maybe see it as a one of in board wipe death, but past that, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Next up, a uh, little-known legendary called Aether Chest. Uh, it's a frontline creature, an Atlantean, uh, with zero attack, burn plus two, and when it dies, each player adds two random Atlanteans to their hand. Uh, before it had five health, now it has nine. Horrible. So you play it for three mana. When it goes over to your opponent's turn, it's a zero seven with frontline that can't attack. And when it dies, each player gets two Atlanteans. Horrible. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the worst card ever. Yeah, not much better than before. You um, you have twenty nine cards in your deck because of this, <laughs> right? You spend how much mana does this thing cost? Three. Three. You you throw away three mana, and then you and your opponent get the exact same thing. And it, it can it can't hurt your opponent or their creatures just ever. So is you this, it twenty nine card twenty nine card in your deck five slots on your board. Is this <laughs> is this better or worse than the other zero mana Atlantean in uh, what's the record player actually called? Uh, amplification machine. Amplification machine. I think this is. I think they're the same person. <laughs> I've never seen them in the same deck. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I guess we can move on. Uh, next up, we have a Deception spell, Hasty Trade. This has seen its mana cost decreased from 3 to 2 mana. Uh, this is the one where you obliterate a random card in your hand and add 3 random Atlanteans to your hand. Uh, so 2 mana for net plus 2 cards value. They are random. Um, you know, unless Atlantean Deception gets more support, uh, like, I don't, why would you ever... Yeah, this is, this is a rough one. Like the deception already has ways to draw cards that they get to choose. This like, doesn't even draw it. Adds, no, this is yeah. this just adds. And like you don't choose the Atlanteans here. If you use a real card draw card and you get to get the cards in your deck, those are guaranteed good. Yeah. Sad card. Maybe yeah. when Bonk comes back, he can touch on that. It's cool that you can like take something from the Sanctum and obliterate that and get some garbage in your hand. Yep. Not much to say there. I don't think it changes much uh, in the macro or even the most niche environments. The only way it's good is if they make a card that says if you obliterate something in your hand, deal like 10 damage to your opponent. Good thing happens. Yep. <laughs> well, I guess we can move on to Aether Rust. Uh, this is a death spell. It's seen its mana cost decreased from 4 to 2 mana. So huge deal. Half off. And Aether Rust requires you to destroy a friendly Atlantean as death and summon two random Atlanteans from either player's void. So, 
obviously this is the best card in the game now, right? Oh, it has some it has some real casino potential. Oh my god, yeah. Thank God. It's not going to be consistent thank, at all. Thank God we're 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 building out a different variation of casino death. The old one was getting old. Just the, kidding. The old one didn't exist. Have when was the last time you saw casino death? We're bringing it back. Too long. We're bringing it back. <laughs> um, yeah. That said, uh, you know one one potential play here uh, that you know think of right off the bat. Uh, turn one, you play Corrupted Ceremony, and obviously that puts two Beached Colossuses or in your void. Or yeah, it could be an Echophone, but the Beached Colossus does have 14 attack. Yeah, they're big. So you got two of those in your void. Uh, turn two, you play, you know, a Broken Harvester, a Crystal Seer Acolyte, whatever one man it lands you want. You pip, you play this Aether Rust card, and you get two 1411s with Frontline on turn two. Bada bing, bada boom, easy. Yeah, I can get Giraguru or maybe Stack 15 to calculate the odds of that happening, you know, what with Low. Mulligan and stuff. Low. But um, that said, the fact that it's not zero, you know, I, I just, I, yeah. I, it, it's the type of thing where, you know, it's going to work like one every you know, 30 times, and every time it works, you'll know, because someone will go into the Discord and go, are we really going to stand for this? I have a feeling we might see somebody make a YouTube video about it at some point. Yeah, probably it's it's good content. Yep. Twenty-eight, 28 damage. damage on turn, turn two. Three. Oh, turn, oh it's... <laughs> yeah, twenty-eight damage on turn two. Oh my god. That's good. That's good. Emotional. Glad. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, all right. So yeah, I guess that's that, right? <laughs> Nothing more to say on Aetherest, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Next up is Firewall. Uh, this is, is a four mana frontline Atlantean, uh, one five stat line. Formerly, uh, can't attack, and creatures that damage it damages get burned plus two. Right? Uh, it's no longer a one five. It's now a one nine. Way bigger, almost double. Huge nine health frontline at. Less than five mana is gonna demand attention, obviously. Sort of. Um, you said less than five mana? And this comes <laughs> down the turn before five mana? Yes, I am. How much attack did this thing get buffed? Zero. Oh. It's still one attack. Can you think of something <laughs> I'm, I'm, that handles it? I'm starting it? to see a flaw. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this does have a lot of health, but for it's, sure. it's never allowed to attack, so like can't like double it and make it equal. And uh, it gets eaten by blade, so. Exactly, yeah. I saw a lot of folks up in arms about this change in uh, the balance chat. And, um, yeah, of course. I mean, it's definitely much better than before, right? It was hard oh, to way go, better. Hard ne to, nearly twice <laughs> as much health. Hard to go worse than before. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I could see this played in the right deck under the right circumstances, whereas before it was a joke. But uh, Giraguru had a great quote in uh, the balance chat earlier there he said uh yet firewall is firewall and blade is blade and really couldn't say it better myself uh you know maybe if this becomes problematic people start running the onyx, onyx night blade, onyx right? blade. Yeah, every guy can do that yeah there's lots of ways to deal with this it'd be sh it'd be a shame if somebody bounded this by their will yeah or lights levied it or <laughs> really anything really anything this um, made its attack zero. Deception can do that like a hundred different ways. Maybe and then it can't burn you. Maybe we see the stat switching thing from Deception come into play. But it can't attack, so useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a fine change. It might see play where it yeah it, definitely it didn't before. Has a way higher chance of seeing play. Good. Huge improvement. Great job. Happy firewall. For yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have the golden boy, golden golem. Uh, 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 Etherbot's legendary here. Favorite uh, of business ox. Yes, absolutely. Uh, five mana. Uh, cannot attack unless you've played a spell this turn, but. For that stipulation, you get a five mana eight eight. Yep. So pretty big. No keywords. Nope. But uh, you know, quite large. For sure. Yeah. Uh, really like an honorary magic Atlantean, right? Yeah. Unless like you you stick it in death and you over the line it. Oh yeah. That, potentially. Yeah. Good call. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's seen its strength, uh, and health increased from seven seven to eight eight. You know, very marginal change. I'm not sure if it uh, makes a difference one way or another. I think if you weren't running it before, you're probably not running it now. And uh, if you did run it before, your business sucks, and you might yeah. come back. Yeah, like that, that'd be <laughs> nice. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think the, the main issue was it was already big. It's still big, but its problem is it didn't have any protection. So I don't think it's going to change much at all. Yeah, unless face touch becomes neutral. Maybe we see it. That'd be neat. <laughs> we can hope. Um, next up, we have not an Atlantean, but a Nether. Protected Daemon Bot. It's seen its mana cost decreased from 5 to 4. So now this is a neutral 5-2 nether with protected. What do you think? I think like the, the firewall, this card is clearly better, but not better enough to matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it matters even less than firewall, to be honest. I'm not sure where or why you would run this. Um, can't can't see a place for it to fit in uh yeah, which is ironic because nether synergies are like, better than now, ever yeah, right? yeah, here now more than ever <laughs> yeah for sure i don't know maybe it maybe there's like an incubus deck that really wants like 27 nethers or something yeah that's a fair point if you are going incubus then you can only choose nethers yeah so your, your card pool is limited <laughs> so maybe this sneaks in there where it definitely wasn't before so yeah similar sentiment yeah Fine seeing cards that see absolutely no play get buffed. In fact, I'm a fan. Yeah, I think it's cool. And last, but certainly not least, saving the biggest and baddest and best for last, Howler Golem. Yeah, this you like was, that I gave it something. Yeah, that's cool. It helps. <laughs> uh, apparently, it's it's actually a, like a big wolf, like a big rock wolf. I don't really understand. Like, where is its little dagger? Where's its little knife? It's not a watcher. It's a howler. That's right. Completely different. But, gotcha. So before, it was a 7-mana 5-5 five five with protected and deal 2 damage to each of your opponent's creatures. Now it is a 6-mana 5-5 five five with protected, deal 2 damage to all your opponent's creatures. Right. Yeah, so a pretty huge buff. It gets to go down 2 turns earlier. So huge, right? Like on paper? Yeah. It's a, it's a very <laughs> strong card in a vacuum right now. It has a, a very decent body, a great keyword in protected, and it's, you know, it's weak AoE, but it's, you know, it's AoE. You know, similar to like a... Cersei, but less damage and less mana. For a better sure. body. Yeah. yeah. A couple of different ways to think about it there. Um, yeah. That said, you know, <laughs> I know I've brought up the idea of mixed feelings quite a few times this episode, right? Um, that said, no card inspired more mixed feelings than this card for me, right? Because I saw it and I, I, my first instinct is, whoa. Atlanteans just got way better, right? Which is like one of my favorite things to see in all of Gods Unchained. So 
huge pro in my book, in my personal and most humble opinion, right? Yeah, but if only it was a three-man Atlantean. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, again, on paper, it's a solid threatening body. That single-sided AOE is super nice. But the more I've been thinking about it and the more I've been, you know, theory crafting with the idea of having a six-mana Howler Golem in mind, like, the harder time I'm having trying to, like, fit it in. I, you know, I feel like most Atlantean decks, at least as I perceive them, are going to want to lean more aggressive, right? Yeah. And this this is six mana, which is more than five, so it better do something, like, you know, really impactful, which it certainly yeah, it, does. It does, it's just not in offensive impact. Right, it's exactly. Impact. It's, it's not really doing, you know, what I need it to do. It represents a delayed offensive threat. Yeah, and but it's, it's like, not closing the game like you need for a six-man Atlantean. Exactly. So then I'm thinking, like, okay, well, maybe this belongs in a more of a control-oriented deck. Maybe, you know, no Atlantean payoff cards, but, like, you know, it's just there to bridge the gap between five and seven mana. Yeah, and there's it, any deck that wants defense on six. Right, and it does it does a pretty decent job there, too, but most domains either, you know, try to avoid that six-mana slot entirely, or, you know, they have it's pretty full up already heavy in competition there um and you know i i had i had this realization like i think this is just an excellent mid-range card right and like you, do you remember mid-range like it, it's not really allowed in gods unchained nowadays right like you have these yeah, combos that go like, off from hand on six you have you aggro that, that, wins, that but... nature is like sort of mid-rangey like because it's always sort of mid-rangey in nature which is a pun um <laughs> Yeah, but besides that, there's not much mid-range floating around. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's it's so interesting, because, like, yeah, six mana, you need it to have that immediate board impact, which it does. It totally does. But, like, the two damage AoE, like, I'm not 100% sure, like, what that's even killing, like, most of the time on six mana. Um, you know, seeing a board, like, that low and wide to where it would be super effective is, like, kind of rare nowadays. At those, yeah, it's like, like, Blade Flies. Right, at those uh, mana cost turns there. Or, like, okay, Hidden um, Rush Deception. It's really good against that if you can survive to six mana. Right. I'm just saying, like, even, like, you know, like a 4-4 four, four and, like, a 2-3. Like, it doesn't kill either of those creatures on the, you know, when it comes down. Um, you know, it doesn't have frontline... Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I want to believe it's, like, great, uh, you know, for selfish reasons. Uh, that said, like, I'm not 100% sure it's really going to, it's going to be great in any specific deck. And then on top of that, I kind of don't want it to be all that great. Because yeah, it's if it so is, If scarce. it is really good, yeah, it's very scarce. And it's I, a great way to get decks to, like, over 3k in value, which is pretty cool. <laughs> exactly i mean yeah I, I do think that like if it sees play at all i think it sees play in like a like, control nature specifically just because they have such bad aoe and you know like they they really need to make it to seven mana so that they can use their one good aoe spell or so they can use their demos to survive so i think like for them specifically they might want it but like for everybody else there's probably a better option despite this being such a great like card in a vacuum yeah, I mean, maybe light wants like some amount of damage, but yeah, light know, it's, another, it's lacking so yeah, hard in other damage. You know? Yeah, like it's not, it, like you said, it's not going to be clear in a ton of boards. So like light's another good example of a guy with notoriously small amounts of AOE. Yeah. But uh, like, I, I guess like light can replay this card. It's not like you can replay it quickly. Right. But. Yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. But um, yeah. I, I, Again, like, such mixed feelings, dude. Like, I love the fact that Atlanteans got buffed. 
like I own all of these cards that got buffed, so I've benefited, you know, there as well. Uh, at the end of the day, like I, I don't think any of these cards should really be mana like or meta relevant. Yeah, you know? they should be like all the other promos. Right. Yeah, treat them like promos, not like an expansion. They're they're just too scarce. And like you said, you know, <laughs> we're already it seems like with every set we're constantly raising the barrier to entry. And, like, you know, I'm not against creating valuable cards. I'm not against creating scarce cards for the sake of scarcity. But, like, they can't also be meta-relevant. We need to lower the barrier to entry, if anything, yeah, at least in my opinion. Yeah, especially going into this new set where we're going to have, like, a, a record low in class legendaries. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> there's going to be, I think, a bit of a supply shortage in that set as well so i'm really excited to see when this set closes like if, if there's one legendary that's like horrible like selena tier bad i'm very excited to see how many copies of that exist compared to like a good one <laughs> yeah where like who went out of their way to to make that card that you're never going to play right yeah it'll, a lot of dynamics should be very interesting to uh observe there um but yeah just to wrap up the etherbots uh implications there uh, I'd rather them err on the side of caution. <laughs> That's a pun. That's a pun. And, uh, yeah, just to be safe, I, I hope they tune down uh, a couple of these cards before the balance window for Etherbots closes on, you said, April 28th? April 28th. Okay, so we got over a month. Um, hopefully, if anything is, like, you know, obvious, they change it with haste. Um, can't wait for it to be closed. Um, I, I just hope they close it in a state where people don't feel pressured to go get themselves a playset of Howler Golems. You know, it's just yeah, that would be it would be very unfortunate if people bought these incredibly expensive Howler Golems right now and then they nerfed it. Yeah, that's another thing too. They got to be careful with that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know though. It's you know, definitely too early to come to uh, final conclusions. You know, we haven't even been able to. Uh, build decks with the new cards available uh david looking at you now um, <laughs> but yeah i mean that patch should go live in just a couple of hours here it'll yeah, probably yeah, be by live. the time you listen exactly. it should be live. so um we have a lot of testing to do a lot of atlanteans to play i'm looking forward to it it's gonna make this week go by so much faster yeah for real it's, it's such a weird thing we have this like one week window where we have this completely new meta shakeup after th like three plus months of waiting, right? How yes. long has it been? You know it's, better it's, than anybody. It's been since December 17th. <laughs> and it's it's extra funny that the shakeup is coming from the oldest set of cards besides Genesis. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way. But um, yeah, that is funny. Uh, yeah, we're getting that first. We're getting this uh, new wacky uh, Atlantean-juiced meta for seven, eight days. And then we have Band of the Wolf coming in hot on the 30th yeah that's uh, bound to shake up the meta a whole lot yeah we are in for a roller coaster olympians uh, everywhere nethers everywhere <clears throat> how much health does that have <laughs> these are our buzzwords oh for sure and uh I i'm assuming that uh myself and the folks at home can look forward to a new what to play this weekend video oh definitely i'm so Ooh. excited for the new meta to come out i am so excited for your new video to come out dude i mean it we've been missing you but um hey if there's nothing to talk it's about there's nothing to talk about no have you guys been playing war? I bet. You've been running into war? <laughs> you you woke up every Friday morning and went, hmm, do I have the collection for Control War or am I playing Aggro War? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Change is a good thing. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, oh man, this is going to be a wild couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, that's not even it. That's not all. We've talked about uh, Band of the Wolf there. We've talked about the Etherbats balance patch. 
And uh, also coming up next week, on March 29th, the first meeting for the Council of Mortals Season 2 is upon us. Yep, first ever meeting. I'm very excited about it. My seventh ever meeting, but I'm still very excited about it. Um, no, that said, we are definitely looking forward to it. Uh, very excited to see what direction the council takes this season. Um, that's going to be in the GU Discord, as they all are, again, Wednesday, March 29th. So make sure you tune in for that. That said, the day before that, TS Tuesday, March 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Write that down, March 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The Mudman and I are going to be hosting our first Council of Mortals AMA over on the Mudman's Twitch channel. That's at the Mudman underscore GU. Uh, we'll be discussing, you know, the agenda for that first meeting, uh, which is still being finalized in the Council Discord channels. Uh, we'll also be taking all of your questions and concerns and suggestions live on stream. Uh, so if you can, make sure you swing by there and uh, say hi, and hopefully we can have a fun constructive discussion yeah it should be great i agree wholeheartedly i'm looking forward to it just uh you know i'm really looking forward to serving with you on the council um you know i know i'm incredibly biased as seen as we're ts teammates but um yeah i think when we get to thinking about things uh as a community especially you know we can uh, the first season showed you know if we if we bring them actionable proposals that they have the means and resources to implement they'll do it if the player base wants them to so uh yeah again march 28th at 8 p.m eastern on ts tuesday head over to the mudman's twitch channel twitch.tv slash the mudman underscore gu and uh, your voice can be heard so our voice can be heard speaking your voice That's re- I couldn't have said it better myself, man. Yeah, it's okay. your best indirect method to talk to the GU team. For sure. No, there's no doubt about that. But uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to hearing your guys' uh, feedback and uh, you know questions there. That should be fun. Looking forward to this season. Uh, anything else to plug there? Uh, not really. However, uh, one other thing that you glossed over. There's one more big important thing that's happening next week. Another? And- yes. Probably the most important thing um, ever. And uh, next week on Pods Unchained, we'll have a double lore dump. There could be as many as seven, six, maybe eight sentences of lore that we can go over. Twice as many sentences for the Mudman to break down. And are we finally going to figure out what whore Tuck wants? You know what? You know what, Kajan? I'm starting to think... Hortux, he's not looking for anything. He just wants a friend. You know what I think? I think he's you know looking. I, I think he's looking for the friends he made along the way. You know what I think he's looking for? A reason. That's a great idea. I really hope it's something like that. And he goes, you know, I just wanted a friend to talk to. Chew on that. <laughs> I hope we get that question at the IMA there. What do you think Hortux wants? Should that be one of the? If we get enough council members to make that their question, they'll have to tell us what he wants, and then we'll find out. It is the friends he made along the way. I I think that's in the rule book, so yeah. We'll get to the bottom of this for you guys. Um, Again, Tuesday, March 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv, themudman underscore gu. Certainly hope to see you there. Thanks, as always, for listening, guys. And uh, until next time, please, take it easy. Have a wonderful day. Things are so bright for you. I hope that it's healing true You bring so much fortitude I'm so excited for you
things are so bright for you. I hope that it's here true. You bring so much fortitude. I'm so excited for you.